Hey, Last in Line Nation, welcome to another episode um, of the month of January. It's called Getting Real. Uh, man, I hope you've enjoyed the guests we've had. And episode three today is a very unique one, I would say. Uh, it's a privilege and a pleasure for me personally, because first off, I get to interview a fellow, fellow Okie um, who lives up in the Oklahoma City area, but I also get to interview a real life cowboy. So a real live cowboy that, that all of us dudes uh, kind of aspire or wish we had that skill set um, or had that chip in us to, to just be a cowboy for a day. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm bringing to you today Bo Hagee, who is a husband uh, going on 21 years, I guess, this year. Uh, I'm sorry, 18 years. Is that right? 18, sorry. 18, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and three kids. <laughs> three kids. Um, man, uh, very busy life, I can tell. Um, they are heavily involved in the ministry at Life Church. Uh, they lead groups. They, uh, they lead uh, the next one of the next step programs over there uh, for newly. Um, newly saved Christians and um, was a pastor. He was a pastor for, I guess, 20 years, 25 years. <clears throat> and and God has sort of redirected him for the time being, and he'll go into some of that, but was a day working cowboy for a long time um, and probably still has some of that going on and will have some more of that going on in the future. I know he's raising up the next generation as well, uh, probably in that regard. Um, the guy's an author, um, He's a photographer. I mean, this thing, this list goes on and on. And, and I think this is going to be a real cool episode um, to have just a little bit of every kind of world uh, and every kind of perspective from Bo. So Bo Hagee, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Uh, this is uh, kind of a different, um, uh, it's a different way for me to uh, share about my my life so this is fun so thanks for asking me i appreciate it it's an honor of course of course and to give the audience a little bit of backstory on this so speaking of bo being an author i know he wrote a couple of um cowboy uh devotionals i call them i mean that's what they are and i i kind of gravitated to those when i was looking up the bible app and following some devotionals one morning and man, I started reading his and I just couldn't get away from him. And so I text or emailed him out of the blue and just said, Hey, would you come on the show? Cause I like your writing style. I like your perspective. I like how you see the faith walk. And so he agreed to do it very generously. So I appreciate that. Um, but you know, audience, you know, we, we've talked about it for a couple of weeks now, this getting real theme for January. And I do the acronym thing and the real stands for getting renewed, getting educated, getting accountable, and getting loud. So as Christians, we all of these are vital steps in the everyday process and the journey of building our faith and building our leadership skill set and really walking this out in our calling. So what I want to get from Bo right now is just to talk about some renewal. You know, he's been a pastor for years, so I know he's got some, some theories, some opinions, and some perspective on this. 
Bo, talk about to the listeners, let's set the foundation right now for this talk. And let's talk about why our mindset and our perspective needs to be continuously renewed. I mean, it's, it's flat out of the, you know, biblical right out of the Bible. So talk about renewal in your life. Well, I think it comes in different forms. So renewal for me as a pastor is different than renewal for me as a, let's say a lay person or a person that's just, you know, like a day working cowboy or whatever. So because I, I pastored for so long and now God's brought me into, I guess, my calling of physical labor, manual labor. I work for a well company and I dig holes most days. Um, and so it's different. So renewal as a pastor for me was not, and this may sound weird, you know, because I led worship and because I read the Bible for studying and, and preparing sermons and all that renewal for me was something besides that. And I know I needed, you know, I mean, obviously I listen to worship and I, I, um, read my Bible every day, obviously, and had my own quiet time. But at the same time, renewal for me would probably be, uh, walking behind a bird dog while we're hunting quail or going duck hunting like I did this morning with my son. Um, and, you know, or maybe riding my horse or, you know, having a job to do with my horse, you know, just, uh, day working, all those things, riding with good, great cowboys and cowgirls and working calves and all that stuff. So that's renewal for me as a pastor, because I'm so inundated with ministry that, you know, a release for me is not another conference per se. It's not another sermon. It's not listening to people preach, even though I do that. I love that. And I get good ideas or, you know, inspired by that. Yeah. Renewals, man, it's, it's, for me, it's outdoors. For me, it's, you know, again, working cattle or dragging calves or just having a, you know, some job to do outside of the church. Um, but renewal, but I'll, here's the cool thing about, you know, not being a pastor. I know now how people that aren't in ministry need the church. Right. Because when you're in the secular setting, so to speak, in the world, you long for worship. You long to be renewed by a sermon. Mm -hmm. You long to hear the word of God. You long to, you know, to, you know, just, you have to, because you're inundated with certain things that maybe when you go to the office at the church, you're not. And it's just the nature yeah. of the of the job or the career. So renewal for me now is serving at church. It's, it's being a volunteer. It's, um, still reading my Bible daily, which is, you know, the mainstay and worshiping, it's, it's going to church. I mean, one of the hardest things about COVID was, you know, not being able to go to church and actually worship with people that you love and worship alongside people, you know, standing next to people. So mm -hmm. I, it, it, renewal for me again is, is it's all based on the word of God, but at the same time, um, it's just, it's just done in different ways and, and that's okay. I don't know if you've ever studied different ways of different mindsets, you know, how people relate to God. But again, there are different ways. Some people relate to God in beautiful stained glass, you know, churches. Some people relate to God out in the pasture. And so yeah. that's, for me, renewal in, in two different forms. I don't know if that's, that's, that's uh, sense. yeah. So I'm glad you drew the line in the sand on that because I've never had anybody explain it that way. And that's, Another reason we do this platform is because everybody's got 
a snowflake perspective. There's not another one like it. And I love what you said about, because to me, when you're talking, I'm hearing you say it's more of a refresh or a recharge too. Like it's part of that, like renewing our mind biblically. Yes. And spiritually that's vital every day, but right. there's a recharge and a refresh that goes along with this renewal process, like you're talking about. And I think, you know, how, whatever that looks like, whatever your sanctuary is in that moment is what, is what it is. And I think that's what makes it powerful is it, it lets you unplug and then re, you know, recharge and then get back in to that other environment or whatever you're trying to, to do on a daily basis. But I like that. Um, did you, I, so, yeah, I would add, yeah. I would add to this. I would say, because so many people that I meet, they're like, my, my church is in the pasture. My, you know, I worship God out working and I'm like, okay, bro, that that's, I mean, I experienced God in those same places, but I've never had a cow pray for me. Yeah. I've never had a tree preach me a sermon, <laughs> never had the mountains, you know, minister to me and help me heal. Um, and yeah. so I say that to say, you need church. I need church. It's not a replacement. It's just a add on of God's yep. creation that blesses us. Yeah. Um, because, you know, and, and some people, well, I don't need church. I don't need to go to church. Well, I beg to differ. You need the church and the church needs you. I mean, if you don't fulfill your calling and show your gifts to, you know, share your gifts to serve others, then they're missing out yeah. and you're missing out on a blessing because you're not there to serve. You're not there to give. Mm -hmm. And so I say, I say it's both and yep. it's not one or the other for sure. And, it, and all of it's built on a foundation from the word of God. Mm -hmm. um and church for us is a priority i mean it's a it's a again it's a mainstay it's it's a foundation for sure so yeah. i wanted to reiterate that, that yeah. too because so many guys would be like dude i i don't have to go to church and i'll be like yeah. no i could just go you know bird hunting every sunday that's not like, what no. i'm saying <laughs> that's not what i'm saying it's just that that's just a part of my renewal and it's it really is refreshing and yeah. it makes me long for what I did in, in ministry that going pheasant hunting helped me be a better preacher. It was, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's awesome. it was so refreshing and my mind was freed from the, I guess the strain of preaching, yeah. the strain of ministering that it was, it was renewing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, you can't argue with something that's, that puts you in an environment to actually look around and, and, be in awe of, of the things God created as well. I mean, it's a good reminder that it's not just four walls either. Um, but it, like you said, it's both. And we've got to, you know, the Bible flat out says, don't forsake the gathering of the saints. And, you know, that's, there's a church is vital. I mean, it's huge. Um, Cause I couldn't do this without other believers. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's great being out in a boat with another guy and, and fishing or whatever, but you know, there's a, there's a group of believers that, that you have in your church, hopefully, you know, that core that you can lean on. And I think that's important. Uh, are there any other, I guess, practical tools? Cause I like to get this show, you know, I love to make it practical. I love to give the audience some application, one or two things, you know, but in this situation, like from your pastoral days and what you're doing right now with your, your kids, I mean, you're growing them up the, that next generation, like I am. And what's a, what's a good tool that you've seen work for people um practically you know other than just you know which is great cramming scripture in them and that's great and we want to just put as much in us as we can is there any other thing that you've seen work for people just 
as a renewal from, from a spiritual side of, of, uh, I don't know, practicality. Uh, sure. Yeah. So I, I call it preaching to myself. So I preach to other people every Sunday, but every day I try to preach to myself. And I, I don't know if this is going to be, uh, be able to be seen, but on my phone, and again, I don't even know where my camera is, but on oh, my phone, go. I have a list. I have a there list of things that I, yeah. that I preach to myself. So I've probably got 30 things in here. And I, so renewing your mind, all those things, again, it starts with your mind, I believe. And, and being able to say things and declare things over my life that are obviously based on scripture, you know, it just clears my mind and it helps me, it, it renews yeah. me. And so things, you know, that I have down here about, you know, God, my family, you know, just serving others. I mean, I'll give you a few examples. You know, I, I say these and I say them out loud. I, I don't just read them and then just go on. I say, I'm a child of God almighty. I put Jesus first in every area of my life. He is my hope and strength. I am blessed and highly favored by God. Wow. Because of Christ, I'm strong and courageous. My wife and kids love me, and I love them. Wow. I will train my kids to love Jesus first and live for his glory. I will teach them to walk in purity as they seek the mate that God has nice. for them. I will humbly serve my wife and put her needs above my own. I will cherish my wow. wife. I'm a bridge builder, and it will start with my family. Um, I love myself because God you know, made me just the way that I am. I, you know, And I just, I just keep going and... That's I mean, great. again, that's just a, a thing that I have found renews my mind. It helps me be more clear about my calling, more clear mm -hmm. about what I'm supposed to do. It redirects me. So like when I'm, I want to be a jerk or I want to snap at my, my kids or, you know, my wife or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I remember that I'm, I, I'm, I cherish my wife. I want to put her needs above my own and it redirects my, my attitude and my thoughts. So just having that, I don't know if you guys have ever talked about That's that before. So good. Just having that where I preach to myself and I declare those truths over my life that that's really helpful that's so sure. good that's so good and i try to do a version of that and i need to probably get a little more structured like that because man the more you have in our day of technology i mean everything's in our phone so we really have no excuse for not making yeah. a a note of it somewhere and just reading there's nothing wrong with people got this elevated or distorted mindset of how to pray or how to confess something and i think it's got to be real simple and practical like reading it out off a list there's nothing wrong with that like hearing yourself say it i think you believe it more than you you believe yourself more than you believe anybody else you know in your own voice so to hear that and speak faith over man what a great tip uh for renewal right there and and no one's ever yeah. said that that's really good um and here's awesome. and here's what else i would say <laughs> let your kids catch you doing it yes in other words, I, I don't, I mean, I, I do it in my car sometimes as I'm driving to work or whatever, but I also want my kids to hear me. I mean, there's nothing better than when you heard your dad reading scripture out loud or reading your mom reading scripture out loud or, you know, your mom or your dad praying together. I mean, all that's, you're, you don't forget that. It's just like, you know, mm -hmm. some kids, they, they're abused and all that and they forget, you know, or they uh, remember those times of abuse. Well, mm -hmm praise Jesus, we also can remember the times of, of yeah. love and joy and, and teaching and just, you know, I, I woke up every day. So here's the story. I woke up every day to my dad sitting in the recliner. Well, first off, 
he would get up, he would drink his Rocky, you know, mix, which was raw eggs, honey, and something else. And he'd drink that every morning. And I remember waking up to the spoon clanging in the glass as he was drinking his, I call it Rocky Balboa, because that's what Rocky did yeah. in Rocky One, I think. Mm -hmm. And he would drink that. And then he would sit in his recliner, he'd turn the weather channel on mute, and he would read his Bible. And I woke up every morning seeing that. And so for me, that's what life looks like because I saw it. And so as I think about ways that I renew myself, I don't hide those from my kids. I, you know, we, we teach them to have a quiet time or a, you know, daily time with the Lord every day. And it's so easy with phones and the Bible app and all that. So mm -hmm. I would say when you preach to yourself, don't be ashamed in front of your family. Don't be ashamed yeah. to say those things out loud and get caught by them doing that and they, then they go hey dad what are you doing you know and then you can tell them i'm renewing my mind i'm trying to you know yeah. honor god yeah. with it so yeah that's just a word of encouragement that's too, great we can, you know you can take the biblical stance of, you know go into your closet and pray mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. a part of it i've been in my closet a lot yeah. but this is a part of it as well so agreed agreed because they need to know that we don't think we're above it you know they need to see us doing it more than we're saying it because we're obviously saying it to them. I think it's a good point. Um, man, as we transition to E for real, you know, getting real educated. So we did renewal. We're going to do educated. So when I say educated, you know, we're not necessarily thinking book education, although, you know, the Bible is a good place to start. But what I want to know is in line with kind of what you just talked about, you know, there's, there's things and ways and methods that we've all used throughout our spiritual walk, throughout our Christianity and our faith that have made us better that we, you know, we're continuous learners, hopefully. I mean, I try to be, even though I was, you know, I didn't love school. I just did it cause I had to do it. But you know, how do we continuously learn to be better leaders? Like when you talk about leadership, you know, how, how did, how did you, what methods did you use? I mean, as a pastor, you're leading people. So what what do we do to make us better and to learn things? What's a good way of of learning this whole thing and being better leaders? Well, so when people say I've, I don't hear God speak to me, or when that when I say, "Hey, God told me this the other day," people look at you like, and especially you know people that haven't been around church, they look at it like you're stupid. They're like, "Hey, you know, God spoke to you," and I'm like, "Heck yeah, He spoke to me," and they think you know not audibly, but He spoke to me, and and so you don't tell me that God doesn't speak to you when you haven't opened your Bible. I mean, it's that simple. So when I open my Bible, he mm -hmm. educates me on how to live my life. And so when people, uh, so when they say, I haven't heard from God in a while. And I'm like, just, just sit down and start reading, just sit down. And it's that simple. Just read the word. Um, but as far as educating yourself today, so one of the things I learned, I had mentors all my life, and I had so many great mentors. I had mentors in, in youth group. My youth minister was my best friend. I had mentors in college, dean of students at the college I went to, and the BCM director. I mean, they were great mentors. So I would say keep yourself mentored. That's a great way to learn. But then also, I, I here's what else I, I grew in. I don't always ask, or I don't only ask, what did they, what did my mentors do before me? But I also want to know what my predecessor would do. In other words, what would, what would be the first thing the pastor that follows me change about our church? How can I, how can I grow to reach the next generation? 
I have to be educated by them. I mean, I'm getting to the age right now where I'm pretty tech savvy. I mean, you, you probably could have made funny because I didn't know how to do the Zoom deal yet, but I'm pretty tech savvy. I can show my kids some things on, you know, my phone and that they don't know. But there are a lot of things about God, a lot of things about reaching people that I don't know that I need to learn from the next generation. So what would my predecessor do or my the person following me do? Not just what the people, what did the people do ahead of me or that, that came before me? And so being educated is being open to listening to your 14-year-old daughter and, and listening to what God is showing her and how to reach the world. And so Good. to me, that's, that's important, or I'm quickly going to become irrelevant. Um, and I'm going to be using methods that God said, hey, I shelved that a long time ago. <laughs> I want you to use this method to reach you know, more people. And so I would say that I would say podcasts are so, I mean, like this one here, this podcast, other podcasts that I listen to, like Craig Rochelle leadership podcast, Andy Stanley leadership podcast. I mean, those are ways to stay, I would say, educated on, you know, how to lead people. Now, as far as one of the things that I think a lot of people miss out on is they don't, they don't want to watch the news. And I'm, I agree. I don't want to watch the news. But I have to have some form of being educated on what's going on in the world. Or again, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to, you know, speak to my kids or, you know, lead my kids or lead whoever, you know, that asks questions about it. And so I actually listened to another podcast called uh, Relevant Podcast, and it's uh, from Relevant Magazine. They've been around for years. They're, they're a, uh, a Christian magazine, but they're kind of a moderate. I mean, they they, you know, do kind of articles on, you know, mm -hmm. hot topics, even like race or whatever, uh -huh. you know, all that stuff that's pretty hot. They do a lot of that. So I listen to that almost every, uh, every other day, they give the news, they give it from a, a, a biblical perspective, but they also share the crud about what's going on in the church as well. So being educated in your own way from people that you trust, not just necessarily Fox or CNN or whatever, I think that's very important as well, because when someone comes out and says, hey, what do you think? And you're like, I'm, you know, kind of clueless on that. Sometimes that's OK. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. But sometimes you need to have at least be educated yourself so that you can give the right answer so that when they ask, you can say, man, here's here's where God showed me through that. Or here's what God showed me through that. Um, yeah. What's going on in our world? That's good. And, and this this is how I believe Jesus would handle that. You that's know, awesome. whatever so yeah so i don't i, I don't know if that helps but yeah. those, those are some podcasts those are some ways that i i try to stay educated hey uh hey as a side note man anytime you want to throw me in the same sentence as andy stanley and craig rochelle's podcast man we can <laughs> we can do that all day they're they're well, the drew Brees and tom brady of the podcast world so yeah um <laughs> So you're saying they're it. old that's what you're saying they're, you're saying they're hey, just old dude we're all getting better and older <laughs> um no you know that's that's such a relevant and and i like the the apl application the you said it was called uh relevant podcast is that what it was yeah relevant okay. yeah okay. it's from relevant that's magazine i've gotten it for years but they cool. do great articles you can actually get it for free and they're, they're going full digital right now okay with their magazine yeah. but yeah relevant podcast very good. good all right listeners you have no excuse you've got you you've, you've 
heard him talk about putting these declarations in his phone that he renews himself with daily. So it's pretty easy. You've heard podcasts. He's given you tools uh, really to help with renewing and educating ourselves. So the next one, you know, I feel like it's important to transition to accountability because we could get on a, I mean, we get on a 30 minute talk on accountability if you let, if you let me anyway. Uh, but I, I try to fold that into a lot of the conversations we have because just in our leadership circles, in our faith circles, and just the journey in general, to me, accountability is huge. Like it's, it's always going to be foundational in my opinion, because isolation really, um, creates, uh, creates that. I feel like it creates a, a, a way for us to stop growing. Like if you ask me, growth really gets stagnant if we're isolated. So I try to get around two or three, uh, people that I know I can call at any given point. Um, but I also, you know, it's, I call it trusting somebody enough to hold the mirror. And it's that person that you have or people that you have that will hold it and let you take a good long look at yourself. Cause let's face it, we're all broken. We're all flawed. We all, we can't do this alone. And we do have holes, you know, we leak. So that's the, that's the, one of the reasons we renew every day is because we do leak. And some of that goodness kind of gets out of us. The world squeezes us kind of like a tube of toothpaste sometimes, and we got to refill, yeah. but talk to us about your walk and just, maybe your accountability journey and who you have. And, you know, we'll, we'll leave people anonymous to protect the innocent, but, but just in general, what, what you mentioned some mentors earlier, are those people still in your life and, and talk about accountability. So accountability is as a pastor is kind of, again, it's hard. And one of the reasons is because you, you, you know, some people can be accountable to the people they're leading, but some people can't. And it's hard as a pastor, it's hard to find a good accountability from people that, again, aren't um, in the same career that you are and being a pastor. Um, and so there's some boundaries, like there's some people that I'll let in closer than others. Um, and that's just probably based on, again, what we do for a living versus what they do for a living. So in other words, when I was a pastor, my accountability typically came from other pastors because they could just relate. They just knew exactly what we were going through. And, and so we just uh, were able to keep each other accountable. Um, but I would say, first of all, I would say my wife keeps me accountable because she knows me better than anybody else. And so when you have a godly woman in your life, and again, that's a, another reason to marry someone who loves Jesus is they can, they can, you know, learn to gently and learn your buttons and learn what, you know, helps you not discourages yeah. you, yeah. you know, when they see you struggling, they, you talk through how to, how you desire for them to approach you and hold you accountable. I mean, having those good conversations just creates a better marriage because mm -hmm. for me, and yeah. at first it might not because you're like, hey, you know, you call them out on the carpet in front of people or whatever, and you're just immature and you don't know really how to hold them accountable. But at, at some point you need to grow in your leadership or in your marriage and be able to go, babe, here's what I think, or here's, here's yeah. the way I would maybe have said that differently or, you know, or whatever. And that's, that's that's a part of marriage. It needs to be a part of marriage. Well, good thing about that too, is as you go through that process and you mature, 
those people start coming and saying, what did you think about what I said there? It felt a little, yeah. you know, so you start welcoming. It's a two-way, a bi-directional benefit is what I call it. Like we start using each other and gleaning off each other and going to my wife and saying, hey, I, I kind of felt a little stirred up when I did that. You know, was that off? Was that bad? You know, and so they they kind of break it down for you instead of us smothering, because I don't want people to think accountability is just unhealthy smothering of another individual right? And micromanaging. Yeah. So yeah, to yeah. your point, that's a good point. My kids hold me accountable. I'll say that as well, because they don't, they don't always do what I say, but they do do what I, I do. <laughs> and so when I get frustrated with <laughs> that show pig, because the show pig that my kids are raising doesn't do what we want it to do, then I lose my religion on that pig. Yeah. My kids see it. And then, you know, they just, they act like, I acted and so they hold me accountable and they help me stay accountable as well as far as like other men I'm blessed I every Tuesday about 6 30 I meet a few guys at the coffee shop and they're just well a couple of them are pastors um and then the other ones are you know just kind of lay people or I don't know what you call them but um and so we're able to meet and just talk about things I mean we we talk about we give a slice of our life to each other yeah. and we we just share, you know, what's going on. And then we've, you know, recently started studying the book of Galatians. And so that type of accountability, but again, you got to give guys permission to hold you accountable. Right. That's important. I mean, there are some people that want to hold me accountable when I was a pastor that I didn't give them permission. And it was yeah. like, yeah. Hey bro, I got it. You know, man, yeah. I, I got these people <laughs> speaking in my life. So you just, I mean, I appreciate your comments, but, um, right. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, just kind of bow out on that. So yeah, you haven't been given the keys yet. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't been given the yeah. Keys. I mean, they haven't earned the trust or earned, no. you know, show me that they love me. It's more about, you know, controlling and all that. So you got to be leery of people that come to you and say they want to hold you accountable as well. Um, it's really not their choice. It's kind of an invitation. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so a group of men, I would say men with men, women with women. I mean, you know, yep. something that, you know, you have in common, um, kind of can pull you together and help you, you know, keep each other accountable. But the, the key is, again, it's, it's, it's inviting people to do that for you. Yeah. If you're too prideful to let somebody hold you accountable in a weak spot in your life, then you're never going to really grow out of it. You're going to just right. be a flipping idiot that right. just is either prideful or, you know, just leading the wrong way or, you know, verbally saying crap that you shouldn't say. That's I mean, right. and, and, but because you've just not let anybody in and yeah. it's humbling. It's, it's, it's not fun. I no. walked out of my mentor's offices bloody from times where they said, Bo, hey, you did that wrong. And they would just go, and, you know, they just kind of beat me up with truth, but they did it in love, obviously. But, it, you know, it was just what I needed. Um, it, it, it was definitely what I needed. Um, yeah. And some people are different. Like I, I kind of enjoy, this is stupid, but I just, I kind of enjoy people being tough. I, I enjoy people being tough with me or, I don't, I don't mind if they just are, you know, just open and honest. I, I don't like fluff. I don't like, 
yeah. you know, just yeah. just tell me what you think so that I can move forward and, and it may bleed for a little while, but then again, they come alongside and help me heal as well. So yeah, the hard part of that, <laughs> the hard part of that is the fact that we like that and we appreciate that approach. Sometimes that's our approach in reverse and that's uh, not always what people want. Uh, <laughs> so like no, having no. a dad, you know, having a dad, it was a, a strong disciplinarian kind of rigid straight in your face, you know, that's how I sort of communicated my whole life. And, and yeah. I found out quickly that a, that doesn't work in a marriage very well, but you no, gotta, you right. gotta find people that appreciate that. Like we do, but go ahead. I, I see what you're saying well, for sure. And the people that don't like that, I learn a lot from them as well. Like my wife, she, she's gentle, loving. If, if you do what my wife does, you're going to be doing what's right. She's just that awesome. I mean, I've never met anybody that didn't like her. I said, I tell people all the time, if you have a problem with my wife, it's your problem because yeah. she doesn't cause problems. <laughs> <laughs> so I learn from those people that are a little more compassionate, sensitive, and, and just more loving. And so I think there's a balance. I, I obviously I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just be mean to be mean. I'm yeah. not gonna say vulgar things just to be vulgar or just right. to, just because I can, but at the same time. Even with my kids, I have different personalities with my kids. I can look at my daughter and she's tough. I can tell her, hey, that's wrong. You need to apologize right now. And she can take it. My middle son's a little different. I mean, I need to kind of be a little more just, I don't know what, I don't know what the words are, but just a little more sensitive to him mm -hmm. just because of his personality. And so learning people's personalities, learning who you can like in marriage counseling, that was one of the coolest things that I, and I still get to do marriage counseling, but one of the coolest things is when you get to sit with people and they have certain personalities and you figure it out and you look them in the eye and you go, that's stupid, man. Yeah. And they're able to go, you're right. Thanks for telling me that. Right. But you look at this little sweet woman over here and you, you can't say that's stupid girl. No. No. You have to, you have to say, you know what, that's, that may be a little bit insensitive to your husband's feelings. And she just learned to hold each other accountable, holding people accountable according to their needs. It's like, it's like the Bible right. says, you know, encourage them daily according to their needs, according yeah. to what they need. Um, and some <laughs> people can handle accountability that's straightforward and some people can't. So yeah. It's figuring out what works for you and what works for the people that you're either serving or leading or in relationship with. So I'm glad you said pride earlier too. Uh, Cause I usually am the one that brings that part up, but it sounds like you and I see things very similar in this regard because uh, it's a huge barrier. Like, and, and if you, like you said, if, if, if you're finding that there are holes or gaps in your accountability structure with people that you trust, or you feel like you just don't have any friends or you feel like, you know, a lot of it is that you might want to look at yourself and examine, are you being a little proud, uh, a little too proud to ask, you know, for somebody yeah. to kind of walk with you through this, or you're too proud to acknowledge. Cause at first you need to acknowledge what were your weak spots or I call them blind spots uh, where yeah. those are you know, because as drivers, we don't see every spot behind us. Right. So I got to have right. somebody in my car. That's like, Hey, don't get over. There's somebody right there. Well, I didn't see them. So I got to have somebody in my life that sees the blind spots and I got to invite them in. And if I'm too proud to acknowledge my blind spots, I'm never going to have anybody help me with that. I'm going to be 20 years down the road with the same blind spot, never growing, never overcoming, never conquering that. 
So that's my advice. Yeah. That's, that's, I would hear, you know, I would say I'm speaking for you too. Whenever I say yeah, audience, this is your, this is your wake up call when it comes to accountability, you know, drop the, the tough guy routine and, and really examine what you need help with and, and get somebody around you that you trust and, you know, like-minded spiritually like-minded people. Um, there's wisdom in the, in the multitude of counselors. Uh, and here's what else I would say about it. I heard this phrase one time, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. There you go. And I want to go far. I want to finish the race. I want to be at the end and people still know that I love Jesus and I didn't turn my back on him. I didn't lose my faith. So I can, I can, I can work faster if I'm by myself, but I want to work with people because they're going to help me, help me last. They're going to help me go all the way. For sure. I'm going to ask you to say that one more time, if you wouldn't mind, for the listeners. Well, if you want to, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. There you go. Okay. Go that's, with people. It's worth hearing twice, man. Uh, I appreciate that. I had never heard that. I don't know what rock I've been under, but I know that's probably a popular saying. I love it. I love it. When we get yeah. done, I'm writing that down. Um, well, then let's finish this out. You know, let's round this conversation out with our final out of getting real, let's talk about getting loud here. So we got renewed, we got educated, we got accountable. Now we're going to get loud. So man, as believers, so the world we're in, um, the landscape looks a lot different today than it did two years ago, 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, in various aspects, but you know, how do we as believers, you know, we're called to have a voice, we're called to live and love people because that's really the only, you know, that's the, one of the greatest, uh, you know, that's the great commission is, or the great, one of the greatest commandments is love God, love people. And I, I struggle. I'll just be honest. I struggle with just, you know, wholehearted, you know, everybody loving everybody, you know, even the people that cut me off in traffic in the lane that I own, you know, that's personally mine, you know, I have a hard time loving that person, but so getting loud to me as believers means we just kind of have to unite in a way that speaks love, speaks encouragement and lives it out. Talk about what the need is right now from the church or from believers today. You know, again, so I come from two different perspectives, praise God that I've been on the church side of it where my calling is to preach publicly and I preach from a pulpit and I, you know, share my, my, what God's teaching me from that. And I think that's one way to do it. But now I'm in a position where I show up at someone's house and we're, let's say we're fixing their water well or whatever. I'm able to speak into their life without having to be on a stage. And that's even more fun sometimes. And you know what? I honor, I honor, and I, I want to publicly thank the believers that aren't preachers that live their faith out loud. I, as a pastor, I get paid to do it. I get, I get, you know, yeah. I'm called to do that. These people aren't. Yeah. I mean, they're they're, they're the real deal without having to get paid to do it and so i honor them sometimes more and with our culture one of the things i've noticed is our culture tends to not believe pastors as much like they're they doubt leaders more often than not but what's what what i've found is people doubt 
less people that are everyday people that are living out loud for Jesus. Again, they may look at me and go, he's the preacher. He's got to say all these things and he's a good preacher, but he, you know, I mean, that's just yeah. kind of who he is. And that, you know, that's a different pedestal for him. But when someone that's an insurance agent, someone that's a day working cowboy, someone that is really good at what they do, but it's not preaching, it's not, you know, ministering at a church or it's not that, that to me speaks louder in our culture in many ways. Yeah. Not to say that preachers aren't necessary because they are. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, man, our culture tends to listen to people that are legit about their faith. Yeah. I'll give you an example. And again, I don't know where you land on secular music, but I love secular music. Yeah. Because I think every, every, every type well, of Well, I'm an 80s is, kid, so that ought to probably explain everything. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so... <laughs> And again, this is just my take. If if there are people that don't listen to secular music, that's fine. But I learned from like so Tyler Hubbard, he's the lead one of the lead singers for uh Florida Georgia Line. Okay. Um and if you've have you heard of them, do you listen oh, to yeah. them? Oh yeah, you know, oh, yeah. I know who they are. So, I know all the main songs, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so again, some of their music's kind of sketchy and I don't know that I would get away with singing it, you know, just because it's you know drinking and all that stuff and, right <clears throat> but at the same time i've learned a lot from tyler just because he's legit about his faith he's he's uh up front about it if you don't follow certain people you can judge them by the, you know maybe a song that they did 10 or 12 years ago that really they don't even enjoy singing anymore because they've matured and their faith has grown stronger or whatever and yeah. if you look at guys like him i i learn and i think his voice is louder than some pastors right now in our culture because he, again he's florida georgia line he's not yeah craig rochelle he's not andy stanley he's not you know yeah young he's not these pastors he's just on the front line so to speak he's been to the party and he's seen something better when his i heard yeah. his dad died and i heard him you know say you know the one thing that got me through it was the, the word of god when i heard that i thought dude legit man he's legit Another person that, again, my family, you know, a, you know, a long time ago or, you know, years ago, we probably wouldn't have listened to his music, but it's Justin Bieber. Yeah. Justin has turned a, a corner. And if you follow him on Instagram or you follow him on, you know, social media, you'll find out pretty quick that he loves Jesus. Right. <laughs> and it's really? so weird. Yeah, because people don't, they, they would think, oh, man, is that the same guy that, you know, drops you know, F-bombs and, you know, smokes a lot of pot and got in trouble a lot of times. Yeah, it's the same person, but he's been set free. Yeah. Just like all of us. Yeah. I, I, I'm a sinner just like him. And yes. now he loves Jesus. And, and so following, you know, seeing those people that have millions of followers make a difference. Again, I just, I, I, I applaud them. Yeah. And again, are they perfect? Are their sins public, you know, more than most of ours? Absolutely. Did they fail like all of us? Absolutely. But man, I, I'm just encouraged by them because I think for our culture to be reached nowadays, it's, it's, I, I don't, I won't say that it's not going to come from preachers again, because I'm a preacher, Yeah. but I think, it, I think the voice of the person who has seen the world, I guess, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm going to tell you, it's, it feels like it's because ever, you know, that person's real relatable. I think the people yeah. that we're trying to reach that are in that maybe middle of the road, Christianity wise, you know, faith wise, they're 
kind of one foot in secular, one foot not, you know, right. Or just flat out lost people. Like God knows who they need to hear. God knows who they relate to. So I think those people you just mentioned, their stage is meant for that group of people. My stage is not. Your stage may not be. So it's all about relatability, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. And so, again, the Bible says be in the world, but not of the world. I I, Mm -hmm. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe Paul was the same way. I mean, he he did things to reach people. He met them where they were. And so it's it's never changed, really. So just to to reach people, you got to just meet them where they are. In other words, you got to drink from their cup. The other example that I would use is Jesus. I mean, he's the greatest example we have. I mean, when he met that woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, she was a minority. He wasn't supposed to talk to her. He was supposedly in the world above her, but he knew that he wasn't above her. I mean, even though he was God. And so he said, hey, I want to drink from your cup. Yeah. Give me a drink. And then he was able to share, you know, how he could save her as well. And so. The, I think one of the most important things that we can do to reach the culture nowadays is to drink from other people's cups. That's awesome. And I know with COVID, that sounds kind of weird. That's Because fine. you're like, no, we're going <laughs> to wear a mask. I'm not fine. drinking after anybody. Yeah. Seriously speaking, to reach the culture, you have to drink from another person's cup. I'll, I'll use race as an example. I have so many black friends, so many pastors that are black. And, but then I talk to so many white people and they don't know one black person. They don't have one black friend and they categorize all blacks as, you know, just yeah. angry or, people or right. whatever. But until you sit down with your friend who's black and you hear the stories that they've gone through, you'll never, in, until you drink from their cup, you'll never understand you, you just, you just won't. My kids have so many privileges that black kids don't. And it's just, the it's true. And I don't, again, I don't, I don't mean to get yeah. political. Yeah. I don't know where you stand on all that, yeah. but I've just been with pastors and when they walk by a car in the parking lot, they've heard the lock, you know, of the door get locked by the person that's sitting in the car. Yeah. Just cause they're black. I've yeah. never heard that. Another example would be my kids, they walk into a a convenience store and no one follows them. But a black kid oftentimes will walk into a convenience store and and they'll watch you. They'll follow. And I will, I'll add on to to that too, just because that person that hears the lock when they walk by you and I may not hear it. It may be there, but we're not trained to think, you know, to listen because, because they've had it happen so many times in their life that, in their mind, they walk by, they're just waiting for that lock, right? They're waiting yeah. to hear that because they just know that that's what society has sort of created. And you and I are kind of oblivious to some yeah. of it. Like you said, to your point, we don't get their story. Sometimes yeah. we don't stop to get it. That's yeah. where we need to get. And I love that you brought that up really, because I mean, I, I I'll talk about this all day, but I, I just feel like if we don't climb in someone else's skin for a moment, um, and yep. really try to understand their story, we'll never, we'll never meet in the middle. Like, I don't think we'll ever meet in the middle if we don't get in their boat. Like you said, drink from their cup. You know, Jesus got yep. in the boat a couple different times with these knuckleheads in order to yep. really minister and to hear and share and, and encourage. And we just got to get in the boat with somebody else, somebody mm-hmm. that doesn't look like us or talk like us or believe like us, you know, get in their boat 
and really figure out, get inside their brain a little bit. And I think that's where ministry really happens. I think that's where this whole thing maybe starts to change in a better way. Absolutely. You yeah. know, we just got to, we got to understand each other. And I know we all, we, we keep hearing that. Well, we just got to understand each other. You know, we got to stop and listen to each other. Yes. Let, you know, we do, let's do that. Um, we just need to stop talking about it. So, man, I appreciate you saying that. Anything else you want to add on the getting loud part? Cause I think you hit that. I just exactly how I was hoping you'd hit that. Well, I, again, getting loud to me is more of less, maybe it's, it's like Mother Teresa said, you know, witness always, but speak when necessary. Yeah. I, I think it's more about your life. I think, yeah. you know, and a lot of people want to get loud, but that's all they are is loud. I'm like, right. just calm down just for a second, right. dude. Just, you know, and one of the things I, one of the other things I've learned is I would rather have a conversation with a person than not have a conversation. So I don't, I mean, I, I, I obviously am going to state what I believe, but I choose where I state that publicly. And I, and this is kind of, you know, again, maybe other people might disagree and that's fine if they disagree, but I would rather not always publicly declare what I stand against or, you know, or whatever, just because I, it closes the door to a conversation. I'll give you an example. I had a friend one time, he was a preacher, and he's like, I can't believe all these girls, you know, from the pulpit. He said, I can't believe all these girls wear two-piece bathing suits. And, you know, how could they? They're, they're the temple of God, and they shouldn't be wearing two-piece bathing suits. And I, I thought to myself, I thought, there is there is no way that a girl that ever wears a two-piece two-piece bathing suit will ever come to his church. And no. he just closed the con he just closed the door on a conversation about modesty with that girl. Yeah. And so I I would and it's just me. I would rather set that girl down that I did see maybe with something that could be, you know, washed in a blender. <laughs> yeah, right. I would, you know, because there's nothing there. Yeah. And I would rather sit down with her and have a conversation about how her body is the temple of God and, and God wants her to be modest and modest is hottest. And you can, you know, you can, again, yeah. I would rather have that conversation with her on how she can honor God with her body than to just shut the conversation down by making a public blank statement. Yeah, I'll give you, a, let me give you an analogy to that because I hear what you're saying and this may be off, but I'm in sales, have been for years, okay? I never walk into a customer and tell them how great my product is and everything about it and then walk out. Like, I don't just throw at them why I'm great or why my product yeah. is great and leave. Like, or yeah. I don't just throw out and spew... Mm -hmm my stance on a on a topic judgmental or not and then just hope yeah. that it sticks against the wall you know yeah. to me that's what he was doing is just i'm going to tell everybody what i think and that's that's your you know that's your yardstick my opinion or my yeah, my yeah. philosophy it just doesn't yeah. get anywhere with people you need to sit down and listen to somebody and talk to them and there's a way to have a conversation without just spewing your judgment or your belief or your philosophy right in that first five seconds yeah even though you want to oh sure. even though it doesn't even though you may be right yeah you may be biblical and maybe it may be right it may be the truth but at the same time what am i doing to create a conversation not shut a conversation down that's the key and if i can keep the conversation going with someone that i disagree with to me that's a win 
but yeah but not having a conversation or shutting that conversation down because i just came out with a blanket statement about you know uh, you know all black people are you know just you know just angry yeah. and ticked well, all the time and right. i put it on my instagram well again it just it that just closed every conversation that i could have had with a with a black guy yeah. where i could have learned more about you know what you know what they yep. go through or whatever and so right. again i would say that's good man. i would say that's how you sometimes get loud with your faith by being quiet and just listening it's just that's the op good. opposite yeah real good man i'm going to listen to this back again and you know audience i, I we're going to find out um a couple things I'm going to mention at the end, but Bo, tell us where we can get maybe some of your resources or something you're working on right now. You mentioned maybe tipping your, dipping your toe back in the author waters again at some point. Talk yeah. to us about what you got working. So, yeah, I've written a couple cowboy devotionals uh, just based on my experiences a day working cowboy. I've worked with some of the best cowboys in, you know, Oklahoma and West Texas and so it's been a blessing to do that. And out of those, you know, experiences, I've written these cowboy devotionals. One's called Tied On. It's if you're looking for a good devotional for, you know, a cowboy or somebody that doesn't like to read the Bible, that's the one to get. Because I wrote it for my friends that don't like to read. It's short. You know, you can read it within, you know, two or three minutes. Um, it's a 52-day uh, devotional. So you get, a, you know, almost a little over almost two months. Um, and so it's really written for that cowboy that in cowgirl or, you know, anybody that wants, you know, wants to live that lifestyle, but can't, I mean, I have a lot of people, you know, yeah, like John, you, you know, you want to live that lifestyle or you want to, you know, have those experiences and you can do that, you know, pseudo through, you know, vicariously through, you know, those experiences. So tied on mainly for really it's for anybody. You can read it to your kids, whatever. And then the maker's mark is a little bit deeper. It's a little bit longer. It's 40 day devotional. Um, and I just, uh, again, share experiences from my, you know, day working and I obviously tie them to scripture and, and hopefully people's, you know, lives can be changed. They, you can get, you can get those at bohag.com. You can order pay on PayPal or through a credit card or whatever on at bohag.com. And so, yeah, that's, that's what uh, I would say about those. There's always another one in, in the, I mean, it, there's something, you know, I've got my phone again, I've got a list on my phone. There's probably 385, you know, ideas of the next for the next devotional. So I enjoy writing. Uh, it's a lot better at this point in this season in my life than preaching. Preaching, I compare preaching to giving birth. <laughs> you, you, you give birth on Sunday, you deliver, you know, the message. And then you find out you're pregnant on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> and then, there you, go. Then the, you know, the labor of, you know, preparing a sermon. And then you, again, you, you give birth on Sunday and you find out you're pregnant on Monday. And, you know, again, it's exhausting. But for, for a writer, as a writer, I get to kind of, it gets to, you know, ruminate in me. And I get to write it. And then I get to look at it. And then I get to edit it. And then I get to say something in a better way. And so... Writing is a uh, passion. It's I'm terrible at it. It's so funny. You've heard it every time where people say, "Like I never thought I'd write a book because I was horrible in English." Well, that's me. Yeah. You know, I can't I can't spell worth a flip. Yeah. And God's used me to write a couple books. So get a good editor if you want to write a that's book. It. Get a good right. editor. 
<laughs> That's right. And I think what I heard you say for the ladies that are listening, that he compared delivering a message to delivering a baby. So I, I think that's what I heard. <laughs> that is what you heard, which I have no idea other yeah. than watching my wife that's you know, great. deliver our, our babies. So that's awesome. Well, man, I, I speak for everybody that's listening to this. Uh, thank you. Uh, we all got something out of it. It's been an awesome, uh, ride and, uh, man, I hope we can do this again soon. And I hope we can stay connected because, uh, you know, you've got a lot of good resources, but you also got a lot of good takes on some things and, and, uh, audience, I hope you, hope you, uh, wrote a lot of notes. If not, guess what? It's recorded. You can watch it again. Um, I know there's some great takeaways on renewal, on educated, on accountable and on getting loud. So I know there's some great things that you can start today. There's some nuggets out there that you can apply today um, to make you a better leader, a better believer, uh, a better family person, a uh, better worker. So start today. Um, no excuses. So there's always a, there's always a way to get better. So I, I, I pray for your growth. I pray that you guys uh, advance the ball down the court. Until next time, be blessed. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when she's away. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away